Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The wait is finally over, and sport is back on Now TV. It's lights out and away we go! Where you can watch Sky Sports, Premier Sports, and BT Sport together and all without a contract. What a fantastic part. So whether there's a day, week, or whole month of action you just can't miss, you can now stream the lot. Oh, it's a fabulous goal! This is your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18 plus content streamed via internet. Full terms apply. Phil Tiger. Slacker Podcast. Hello, Slackers. I hope you're all good. It is Phil Taggart. It is the Slacker Podcast, uh, season three. And uh, yeah, we're moving rightly through them uh, at the moment. I'm trying to, at the moment, figure out how to um, get really clear and crisp recordings um, through the little equipment that I've got. Um, Because I'm going to start doing them remotely because... If I was to actually land over to an artist's house to interview them face to face, I'd probably get arrested or fine. <laughs> so to complete the episodes of the season, that's definitely um, what I will do. And I hope you're all taking care of yourselves in these um, strange and unsettling times. I hope you're all taking care of your your neighbors and you're all like phoning each other. I've phoned so many people um, since like, I've been locked down. I'm about three weeks into this. And I've spoke to some people on the phone that I don't think I've spoke to in the ages. It's amazing, like, uh, what boredom will do. Uh, mad love to anybody who's listening to this podcast who's helping out with uh, with relief for uh, the NHS or just getting their neighbors' groceries or just making the products that we all need. Um, massive love um, to all you guys. Right, so this episode is with LaRue. And I'm, I haven't really given too many language warnings over the podcasts but this is probably the filthiest podcast language ways that we've ever done i had so much fun sitting down chatting to larue about this podcast and she is such a laugh and she's so honest and so open and the demo that we get to hear in this of in for the kill is amazing as well so here we go season three of the slacker podcast this episode with larue in three two oh wait just before, just before, just before he counts down to one. Um, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, go and do that. If you want to like and review it, please go and do that. 
And if you want to become a Patreon of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash slacker podcast. Uh, I'm going to be putting up special mixes um, up there. I'm even thinking about doing some sort of sly little bits up there that listeners of my radio show might like. Um, and yeah, I've got I've got some big ideas for, for the Patreon. So if you go and sign up to that, I'll send you awesome stuff. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. This is my first Slacker podcast of um, 2020. Fuck, I don't know. It's, 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 it's the first time I've said that out loud. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> I really we're, like it. I'm really looking forward to this one now. It's sci-fi. It is sci-fi. Isn't it? it is. how, how shall I address you today? Um, LaRue, Eleanor, Ellie? Ellie's fine, I think. Ellie, okay. Yeah. I feel like we've. we've oh, I never really know what's right anymore because I hate people <laughs> thinking it's a duo. It drives me mad. And then I'm like, well, if may, maybe if people just. Call, I mean, I am obviously Larue. It's not like an en- entity that exists outside of yeah. me. It's a character I created. But I think obviously because it was presented as a like duoy band thing for a while, it's got really confusing <laughs> and it's so unnecessary. And I just feel like this needs to be cleared up now in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, do but... you think the Beastie Boys have the same like uh, a problem with that? They're like going. Okay, Beastie Boys, and there's all three of them, and they're like, well, which one? Which yeah, one, which, which one? Do you one? Mean? Yeah, which exactly. I don't they... know. I don't know what the best way to deal with it is, but I also don't want people to refer to me as LaRue to my face because it's really weird. <laughs> like, has that ever happened with like your family or friends where somebody's been like, LaRue, get downstairs and that's get your That's actually, tea? thank God, that's never happened. No. That's, that would be really weird. Um, I have had like friends I haven't seen for many years or something be like oh should i call you larue i'm like please don't do that that's no. really weird yeah, that, that, that is, that is <laughs> that's really strange do you think uh, like lady gaga's friends call her gaga i think I'd they, they might they, do but do. i think that's because people like that are weird yeah I think like, there's a certain level of celebrity where it all just gets really creepy uh-huh. and everyone's got weird pseudonyms and like you're not allowed to look in their eyes and stuff and i don't Live in that world. You're not, you're, you're, <laughs> I'm you're, not you're, part of that not world. Got that. What, what's the term right. they use? Lost in celebrity? Yeah, there's just lost. I mean, I've met you've very bound, few, bound few celebrities few. that aren't lost, huh? You've bound to have met a few people who are like lost, yeah, lost in most the celebrity. Of them. Yeah, that, all my friends are still <laughs> my friends from before because I've tried. I really have tried. Like I've thought maybe it's me, maybe it's my insecurities, mm. maybe it's, you know... Maybe I'm just not very cool. Maybe I'm not very funny. Maybe nobody likes me. Maybe it's that. <laughs> and then I think, no, it's actually not that. It's that I don't really like them. Like I, I, I think they're not normal enough for, I like, can relate for me to, that. to like them. <laughs> I went when I started at Radio One. I thought they, they, I was very young, um, mm. like in the early twenties, and I thought I'd taken over from Nick Grimshaw on the 10 p.m. show, and I thought. Well, this is what you're meant to do. You're meant to go to celebrity parties. So for about two, I or, three, know, I tried it. two or three months, I, I, I did it. And I was going yeah. to celebrity parties with so the Carney Styles and this, that and the other. Yeah. And I hated, hated it. it. And I got really drunk at all of them yeah. just, just, to, just to get through the night. Just to get through it. And right? I obviously was probably a ball bag. <laughs> Several yeah. times I was like, this is not for me. Yeah, I've tried. I did. I tried, did exactly the same thing. Found myself at, you know, certain parties and after party things and you know so and so is going back to so and so's house and you just think what the hell am i doing i always imagine i've got friends already (laughs) and i don't know these people and they don't know me (laughs) and we're all pretending like we know each other and i don't really know why and there's also a weird sense and air of tension and competition in the air which i really don't like 
It was like, that is re- really odd side of it that I can't get my head around. And then it's the consistent thing of like, when you do think you've made a connection with somebody, you think it's like vaguely normal. The next time you see them, they act like they've never met you before in their life. It's the weirdest thing. No. It's like trying to be friends with psychopaths. <laughs> it's just so odd. I just can't, I can't understand it. It's so up and down as well. It's like one minute, you know, you think you're like best mates. And then the next minute, they're like, sorry, what? Jonathan Rostro's this <laughs> Halloween party and like he only invites people that are like super, super like either relevant or really famous. That's and no I just I haven't I, ever been there. I, I just imagine But <laughs> 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 well, don't, don't worry, I have another. Um, and you can come to my party. Oh, right, okay, film. yeah, we'll okay. just go down to like yeah. the Al Shalili, that yeah, Irish boozer. Yeah. yeah, no problem. <laughs> That's it. Pot of Pringles after. But I just imagine like the stress of like David Walliams running about the place and like some new supermodel like running a about. In a China and shop. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> Not in a million years. It freaked uh, me out. Yeah. So right, like um so we're going for a celebrity party after this. Yeah, but, yeah, obviously. I mean we are saying this like we are actually in High Street Kensington. Yeah, I know, in a record label. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we're sitting in, <laughs> sitting in a bin in like, you know, Larn in North. No, Maryland. I don't mind having a nice life. It just doesn't have to be filled with people I don't understand yeah fair you know I can't connect with at all (laughs) so right let's 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 do as we always do and um we're gonna kick off with the demo um and we're gonna actually for the first time in the Slacker podcast in the second part of the podcast we're gonna play a demo from the new album Mm -hmm. as well and some uh, maybe some voice clips as well but let's like it's it's at the start I'm pretty like uh pedantic when it comes to the chronological order of things so let, let, let's <laughs> let's kick in with this i'll play a little blast of it
that was a demo of In For The Kill. Um, Sounds like the finished version, really, <laughs> with a weird guitar in it. I noticed that last night when I was uh, checking it out. I was going to say, like, what, what, is the, what is the <laughs> what first is that? thing that comes to your head when you, when you hear it? Being with Ben. Um, and being young. I don't know where the last 10 years went. I don't, honestly don't. That could be it. That could be last week as yeah. far as I'm concerned. It's starting to scare me quite a lot actually because it really, I've only just recovered from that time yeah. and it's taken me like 10 years and I do feel a huge lapse of time in a way that does actually sort of scare me. It's almost like I've woken up from a coma and I'm like, what the hell? I've lost 10 years. Are you joking? Is it difficult to listen to it or is it like, no. is it like, like no, good nostalgia? Because like, like no, that, I love it. That, I'm really proud of that tune. That that was like a, a a bona fide hit, but like you know, I played in bands for years, and I go back and listen to my old bands like EPs every once in a while. Normally after a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, usually. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you remember writing that song and like how it sort of came about and the that recording process that you did? To yeah, make I mean it? that was really late in the recording process. I wrote the first verse and the chorus in my bedroom, but before I'd ever played it to Ben. Um. What did you write it on? Guitar? Guitar, yeah, my acoustic guitar. Um, I was in my bedroom in my parents' house at home. <coughs> um, you know, the family home kind of thing. And I don't actually know if I've ever told this story before publicly, but it feels maybe like the right time to sell it now because it displays so much about how sometimes thoughtless and not thoughtless actually at all, but how... Uh, sort of serendipitous and coincidental songwriting can be, can be, not always. <laughs> um, but my mum is the kind of person that always cuts things out of the newspaper and she's like, oh, you should read this. And I never, ever read it, ever. There's just like these, yeah. it's just these newspaper clippings everywhere. I've never read them. Yeah. She said her mum used to do the same thing. And she, I think maybe she used to read them, but I don't read anything. I find reading a real chore. Yeah, cheers. And it was always about stuff that she thought maybe I'd find really interesting, but in my mind I was like, no, that's not interesting to me. Um, so anyway, she'd cut out an article about the killers from The Guardian, because we're that middle class. And um, I just didn't read it. I've still never read it to this day. But the article is called was called In For The Kill. And it was on the floor of my bedroom because I wasn't reading it. It was just on the floor, like everything else was on the floor. Yeah. And I was sat on the edge of my bed. Um, and I was just, basically, I'd written this chord sequence and I'd been really thinking about punk music. Ben had been talking to me about punk and the energy of punk and he was like, you know, because a lot of my stuff was at the beginning was quite sort of slow and I was a bit shy sounding and we were just trying to get some more like spunk out of me basically, mm -hmm. you know. And I knew it was there because I was so aggressive in my, you know, speaking life. <laughs> so everyone knew it was there. <laughs> it's just like, well, you know, bring it out. Anyway, so I was sort of doing some exercises with myself, been listening to a lot of The Cure and like um, Gang of Four as well, who I've actually just done a cover of uh, Damaged Goods because oh, I he knows. Yeah, because yeah. he knows how much of an influence it was on him for The Kill. He's actually just asked me to do a cover of it. So I've just done a cover of that in a kind of Grace Jonesy, like African way. Wow. Um, which I'm, I'm really, really pleased with. And it's the first track I've actually mixed mm. and produced completely and utterly on my own, like totally mixed it on my own, which is really nice. Um, but. I was thinking about all those kind of tunes and that kind of aggression and that kind of sparseness. Um, and I just started 
playing the chords I'd written in a kind of more pacey way, in a kind of style of strumming. I kind of had that snare in my head. And I'd written, like I say, the first verse uh, already. And I was like... I don't know what to put there. I looked at the floor and I was literally like, that'll fucking do. (laughs) (laughs) Going in for the kill. And that was that. Wow. Yeah. So it's actually kind of because of the killers, which is a bit weird. I have told Brandon Flowers that because I felt weird about it. What was his reaction? I don't know. I got Alan Mulder to tell him. I don't know what his reaction (laughs) was. I just felt bad if he didn't know because it's like, I'd want to know. As if like the killers hadn't enough to do with indie music in like 2008, Mm. nine. I love no, that album a lot of us. Yeah, and I was like, but they're you know, also to blame for actually, your. Actually, they're also to blame, kind of, for the wow. kill. In a, kind of, I mean, for the title at least. I mean, who yeah. knows? I mean, I was pretty stabby at that time in my mind. You know, I might have, <laughs> I might have come up with him for the kill anyway. But it's pretty unlikely when you think about it. It's yeah. probably mainly because my mum cut out an article from I the think Guardian. I blame your mum more than I blame I the killers yeah. because she's the, she just and she's the one that introduced me to Hot Fuss as well. So actually, my mum's actually the cool one. I'm just a guitar player. What does your What does your mum think of your music? Like, does she critique it? No. Does she come to your shows? Well, if she does, she doesn't do it to my face. Um, oh yeah, they love it. They're they're just they're very proud. They're very proud people. You know, they are. You know, I don't know if they'd like listen to my music if if it wasn't by me. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but I don't know. I mean, grew up listening to a lot of like Eurythmics and. Um, Stevie Wonder and stuff like that. So, so they're they're like they've got tasteful music. Like they're not into. No, they've got know. really good taste. Like yeah. my dad bought me up on a lot of like rock and roll and bluegrass and stuff like that. Like he was very much telling me about that and folk music and Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan, and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Chuck Berry, and like just that, that stuff stands the test of time. Yeah. Like I still go back to right. Like I was going back to Dylan yesterday. Yeah. It's like he was just like, you've got to know about this. It was literally like teaching. It was like, if you don't know about this, there's something like wrong. You're not my daughter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. know about this and you're going to understand it and you're going to like it. And I did. And he really inspired me as a guitar player to play guitar. I just thought playing guitar was the coolest thing. I still do pretty much. Anyone could do but what it, we like it, if you do it well, you know, like really well and you develop your own style. I think that's really cool. Who was the person that you saw play guitar and you thought, wow, that's that's a bit of me. I, I got to get into this. Uh, well, the first time I think that properly happened was when I heard funk. I think like I'd loved rock and roll and I've loved Buddy Holly and I loved, you know, the first thing I learned on guitar was Peggy Sue. We're talking like serious basic oh shit Oh my here. God, yeah. But like, think, well, Buddy Holly's chord changes are actually they're quite... They're, they're very quick they're, as well. They're, they're, they're really quick and actually mm. a lot more difficult than you would mm. think. Well, I used to really enjoy that bit that went. I used to really like that bit, you know, and getting that bit as quickly as I could. I just thought it was really cool, and he taught me various things like Johnny Be Good and stuff like that. And he once taught me this beautiful plucking piece from, like, I think it was a Fairport Convention song or something. I mean, it was pretty. I've never really listened to new music my whole life. I'm not going to lie, and I still kind of don't. Well, this is the thing people say, well, why don't you like new music? Is it because you're jealous of it? Is it because you're competing? Is it because of this? Is it because of that? You know, people that are trying to wind me up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm like, no, that's not why. Um, I just, when I hear something that gives me the same feeling as like um, Dirty Mind by Prince, I'll let you know. 
I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not happened yet. That's not my problem. It's not because I'm putting a barrier up. It's not because I'm shunning it or I'm not letting the feeling in. It's because it's not happening, you know? Well, and I, there's not much I can do about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not going to falsify it. Yeah, and just go, no, oh, yeah, this is amazing. You go on Pitchfork going, yeah, I love yeah. this band. Yeah. Well, the one that, the, the one that sort of get, get, gets on my, my nerves a little bit is when somebody like Noel Gallagher, and this comes out quite a lot. Normally it's the kind of the the rock stars who've been doing it for decades and decades and decades that are in their 60s and 70s are like, mm. there's no good indie bands around anymore. There's no good. <laughs> and you're like going, how the fuck would you know? Yeah, how would you know? Seriously. Like you, you've been in the, the Rolling Stones yeah. or like a you know, bad example, but like, you, you know, you shouldn't be out searching it's for that sort of it's stuff. Like anyway. Fontaine's DC are like, Fucking amazing! Yeah, just absolute bullshit. Yeah, big time. I mean, I can I, I could rhyme off about twenty, but yeah, I'll see I can't. If, I'll, I'll see if, if I'll see. Well, I mean, that's my job. Much, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like you can write in for the kill, and I, I can I, I can play a load of bands that'll be like headline in a fifty capacity venue in, in, in <laughs> about year, two years. Yeah. Time. <laughs> um, what was the first instrument did you have? Was it was it a, a guitar? Or? Yeah, it was a guitar. I tried with the piano, but I just can't read music. It's like reading Japanese upside down or something, you know. I was yeah. Like, what? No, <laughs> I'm with you year, on that. It's just years of music teachers getting so frustrated, so frustrated. Just they actually, two of them were like, I can't teach your daughter anymore. I can't actually, I actually can't <laughs> handle it. Um, and I really don't blame them. Here's the question. Were you good at math? No. See, that's this is what I think. If you're no, if you're awful. not good, if you're bad at, I've like numeracy math, dyslexia. Yeah, well, like it took me about four goes to get my GCSE math right. Okay, and I couldn't understand music either, like like the practical side of it. it. And I think there's definitely a correlation between the practical there side definitely of music. Is. But I could play it. Yeah, no, I, I can I, play. I, I, I can, can hear, hear it, it and play, and I can hear all the shapes. You know, I can hear all the shapes. I can hear the gaps between the frets. I can hear the gaps between the notes. That it's not a problem and I can hear all the patterns and and yeah and the shapes I can just hear them all they're like a landscape they've got visuals to me it's not a, that's just not a problem you know I know roughly what anything is going to look like on an instrument or feel like you know and often actually I'll be singing something and your instinct not using your brain I think your brain is like a bit null and void when it comes to music and I think when people try and use their brain with music you can really hear it and I think a lot more music's getting thought about as well because of the pressure to have a hit and then mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I feel like, actually, I've noticed so many times I'll be thinking of a chord in my head because I'll be thinking of a melody and I'll pick up the guitar and it's the exact chord that I play. And it's like my hand somehow knows roughly where it is on the fretboard, mm -hmm. but not just roughly, like it just knows. You know, but it's not something I've learned or something I can teach or, or something I've ever thought about, ever. But that, that, that method of songwriting... People people spend thousands going to university to learn no. it, and they you can't, they, you can't you've either got it or you haven't. Sorry, I hate to break it to anyone who's mm. listening to it, it's trying to learn how to write. <coughs> but you've either there's definitely it's a two pronged thing. You've kind of either got it or you haven't. But at the same time, it's also about being loose and open enough. Like I think it is possible to put a very ta talented person in the wrong environment and to get nothing out of mm -hmm. them. Like, I've been in that environment before. Um, and I do think it's possible to have somebody that's got real potential and just put them in the wrong environment yeah, yeah. and not get the right thing out of them. So that's why I couldn't write any songs. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I feel. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I've I've got like one song that I wrote that I used to take out at parties all the time, and everybody be like, "Going off oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> the party's over, get out." Nobody wants anyone nobody, to sing a song at a party. Does. Do no, they? no, big no, time. It's really not happening. <laughs> Put the cajon away. Yeah. Um, what was the the first the first gig that you played? Was it? Was it a solo gig? Were you playing folk music at it or were you straight in on the pop? Technically, it would have been open mic night in my local area, technically. I don't like open mic nights. Neither do I, mate. I don't like going to them. them. I don't, I don't like... think anyone likes them. They encourage a kind of artist that I don't enjoy. I don't enjoy a kind of... You don't like that David Gray, Newton Faulkner... It's weird that, that I don't Jack like Johnson. that, isn't it? It's weird. Mm. Jack, it just makes people sick when you're saying them. <laughs> like nothing, I'm sure they're lovely people, but wow, that's some bad music right there. I mean, it's not bad, it's just so dull. I just think that I really feel like open mic nights and like campfires just encourage a kind of music that just doesn't need to exist anymore and it could just stop. I'm not shocked. You know? I'm not shocked you think like that. No, like I, I, I've, I've like followed your career the whole <laughs> way through and like I, I can, you know, some artists you will see, you can spot that they're, they're going to do a change and they're going to do like a... <laughs> no, a, it's yeah, never going to... With never, you it's like, no, no, acoustic guitar, this, I'm yeah. going straight in <laughs> Yeah, seriously, way. I'm going all the way. And then when I can't do this anymore because I'm too old... Um, I'll just disappear or I'll be like a mixer or I don't know, something. Just you know keep, I mean? just keep not, going. Just keep going. Just I don't know. Going. Madonna's not making it look great. I'm not going to lie. I just feel like there's a di- is there is a the dignity issue. Mom. There's so a dignity issue, no? Do you reckon? Uh, do you? <laughs> I don't know because like, I can speak from a male perspective, right? And this is not me being like, yeah. oh, women are old and they no, can't do no, things no, when no. they're old. This I'm, is not... I'll speak from the male perspective. You speak from the female perspective. Okay. I feel like we're both it's balanced. Uh, we're okay. both balanced on yeah. that, right? Um, <clears throat> like I'm what thirty two, and I played in indie bands from fourteen till about twenty three, mm. and I, I kind of feel like if you haven't done it by thirty two, it's probably not going to happen. And, I, I, and that's and, and that might sound really sad. Like and people oh, might get pissed off, but you. I mean, unless you're like Philip Glass. Yeah, or no, you no, want to be like, like really weird or if you move into like composing or yeah. like electronic in electronic music or dance matter. music, you could be no one knows what your face looks like anyway. And all those DJs that are going out are yeah. all about 50 anyway. Totally. No but one cares how old Orbital are, for you, instance. You, you know? can't be a skinny indie boy in your 30s. It's met- metabolism tells you it can't happen. Metabolism. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, what are the horrors going to be like when they're like... I still think they'll look pretty good, actually. You think, yeah, yeah they probably like, will, won't they? If you look at, like, Bobby Gillespie from Primal Screen... yeah, that's very true. I reckon Forrest Badwan... What diet is that? Let's not go into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think about, so, like, uh, like female artists growing older, like as we're talking about? I think it's great watching a woman grow older and mature, but I think there's a difference between that and also still trying to look like you're... Keep it keeping up with some kind of visual youth norm or whatever. Like for me, I'll have an element of that because you know, with LaRue, it's it's a Peter Pan type situation. You know, when I'm being her, no, I can't see her at 48. I'm not gonna lie, I just, helps I just you can't. Would, it kind of helps that you probably still get ID'd. Like, I've never been ID'd in my life. I love the way everyone thinks I look really young, and I'm like, you oh, do though. Wow. Thank you. I'm not. I'm just going to take that. <laughs> I'm just going to take it. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like you have to play the hand that you're dealt. Yeah. Like if you, or if in any sort of creative uh, atmosphere, if you try to act like something you're not, then you'll get found out, and it'll mm-hmm. look shit. And it looks it, weird. It's okay to be 
something that you're not as in like as if as in like a bigger version of yourself mm-hmm. you, you can like anybody who steps on stage is 50 percent, 80 percent, 100 percent more mental than they normally are but it's yeah, still them yeah yeah totally so i'm fine with that but if you're like yeah if you want to completely change like I, i've seen bands that will only, only write stuff because it's in fashion and they'll change yeah, see, from no, electro that, yeah, to course. folk and where are they now nowhere no i'd never do that i would never do that but i also don't like it when bands like and acts keep the same style for like four albums it's like that really really winds me up for some reason um but no i don't feel like i just feel like as a woman personally for me i would like to n- n- not seem like i'm clinging on to something mm-hmm. in terms of you know live and my public image at a certain age i'd quite like to just have it, it happen naturally and for me to move naturally into another area of music like because i am into the engineering technical side of studios i really 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 enjoy listening to records in that different slightly different way not from a writing or arranging perspective and i would really like to have a studio at the end of my life and spend more time dealing with that stuff you know maybe doing mixes for other people maybe producing other acts I don't know but I just feel like that will make more sense for me mm-hmm. than being 65 and being like the new LaRue tour do you know what I mean I just think it's a bit weird I don't, just for me personally I can't see it I really can't the see it frame to, uh, like, is it is, is, that a, is that a dream though like to like have this big the big studio in, in, in yeah. the country where you can like yeah Live beside it and yeah. roll in. Yeah, that's the exact dream that I have. Yeah, I love Devon and I really, really don't like pollution and I really, really like seeing the horizon and I like animals and I don't really want children. I've known that for quite a long time. Mm. And I just feel like, for me, music is everything and I want to spend as much of my life my life doing it as humanly possible. Like, every second, I want to know as much as I can by the time I've died. You know, I don't want to die and be like, oh, I wish I knew how to use that or how to do that or how to play the saxophone or how to... So many things yeah. that I want to do. I'm just, just like... On your deathbed I've got... with a theremin beside yeah, you. Yeah, I'm just, I'm <laughs> going to get it. I'm going to get it. <laughs> um, you know, I just... I have a lot of ambitions in music... That they're not all necessarily public ambitions Mm. or like LaRue ambitions. They're just, I really want to hone my craft in so many ways. I so enjoy listening to a record in a, with a, like a mixed perspective or production perspective. I just, I kind of enjoy it just as much, if not more, as all the other bits, you know. Oh, that, that's great, because, like, I run a record label, I'll just send over all the mixes yeah, that we've done. Yeah, brilliant, <laughs> yeah. My fee is... Um... Happy, oh, uh, well, the record label has shut down due to bankruptcy. Um, what, what was the what was the track that kicked it all off? Was it was it in for the kill, or... It was quicksand, really. Was it quicksand, yeah? Well, I mean, you know, it was a... It was a trio, you know. It was a, They each fed into each other. Um, you know, I don't think... I think Bulletproof could have come out cold and it still would have probably been a hit. But I do think the build-up and the image and everything was really important leading into that. Mm-hmm. Um, come, come, coming out with Quicksand on Kitsune was really important for me because I was quite ashamed, actually, at the time of being signed to a major record label. Like, I didn't really... I never desired to be that type of commercial ever. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit, like... You know, I liked Ed Banger stuff and I was just obsessed with, like, French electro and I was a bit like, mm, mm, I kind of want it to look a bit more like the world that I see in my head. There so, was no cooler label in 2009 than Kitsune? 
There was no, you know, exactly. There's nothing. Like, I think they were doing like there's a, nothing early like, Tudor cinema club stuff. Yeah, there's nothing then. like that now. Like, there's no scenes anymore. Like, it's not like I can. Re- and this is, I think, where I find Larue a bit more difficult nowadays, because there's, like, for me, I just I react to stuff that I love, and I react to stuff that I think is fucking cool. <laughs> it's really hard when I don't think much is fucking cool. Like, it's really, it is genuinely difficult. That's not me moaning about stuff or saying everything's shit or anything. Mm-hmm. But I, it is hard because from 2007 to, like, 2009, there was so much stuff, varied stuff it was going like the on. the tail yes. end of New Rave. Yeah, it was. And then CSS and yeah, Claxons and exactly. Lady of the Pier. And, and there was, like, like a big crossover going on. That was, like, the lamest genre of all time, looking back oh, on it. It was like, actually really awful. Everybody was wearing... Really t- awful. <clears throat> like, you know when you think of, like, fashion, like, punk fashion oh, and, and gothic fashion? It was Top Man t-shirts. It was awful. Uh, and neon face paint. Yeah, it was genuinely awful. It was really the shit I've seen yeah, of it was, time. Yeah, it, was, it really was. But <laughs> and it was I was like, guilty. I was, like, perfect age for it as well. Oh, yeah. I was right in the middle I of the I loved it, but obviously NME looking tour, back... Here we come. Oh, yeah, I did an enemy tour. I did all of that. But at least... I mean, it was crap. You're absolutely right. It was a um, scene, though. But it was a scene. And there was at least something to react to. Now it's like, release a record into a black hole and see if everyone gets it or not. You know, or or just do what everyone else is doing. Like, yeah, but that's, no not, that's, not gonna, that's not your style. Of course it's not. It's never going to happen. Like, that's yeah. literally never. No one ever has that conversation with me, obviously. Did I they in the early days, them. though? Like, when they, obviously, you, you arrived um, and Ben arrived um, with these tracks. Um, people at record labels normally want to justify their job by mm-hmm. going, you should do this, you should do that. Did they go to you going... We want to shave your head and we want to put you on <laughs> tour with uh, the, the damned. I mean, to be fair, can you imagine? <laughs> Awful. Uh, to be fair, they kind of didn't actually. They wanted me to like. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Get some clothes that weren't from like charity vintage shops, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. that. Um, and like maybe just work out this, you know, I had my style obviously, but we just needed a bit more of a polished version of it because yeah. it was a bit like higgledy-biggledy. Um, so I didn't have any cash obviously to play with. <coughs> and then um, 
not really. I mean, they were quite, because that was all quite big at the time, they were sort of quite happy to do what I kind of, we wanted to do. That that stuff all started to happen around the second album. That's when that all started to happen. You know, DJ, Fresh, this, (coughs) Calvin Harris, that, blah, blah. You know, we think you should do this. You should have an actor. That was my favourite. You should have an actor in one of your videos because they'll be more famous than you, basically, and everyone will watch the video to watch the actor. And I was like, that's not really the kind of conversation I want want to be having. (laughs) Someone get me Phil Mitchell on line one. Come here. Let's get him. I was just picturing, like, Ron Weasley, and it was just really bothering me. (laughs) But maybe the reason that people were throwing around those DJ names is like DJ Fresh and Calvin Harris in the second record is because on the the first record like the remixes of In For The Kill ended up smashing it like was a scream and Skrillex yeah but we all know you can't have those moments twice like everybody knows that and I think it's always the fall down of business people to look at a pattern and go that worked let's copy it you know it's like you can't copy yourself do you know what I mean that's ridiculous and also it has to be something that happens in the moment like the Scream remix worked because Dubstep was having a rise at that time Mm -hmm. Scream was having a rise all eyes were on him and I and it was just the perfect catalyst it it just it but you can't recreate those moments and I had this argument so many times with label and management and various people you know where they you knew what they were saying was just right bulletproof number two. And I'm like, there is no such thing as bulletproof number two. It's hard to take you, a pragmatic you can't. a pragmatic look as the record label's trying to do on something that is art at yeah, the end you, of the day. You, you just can't. I mean, it's like, and I'm really not comparing myself to this. My God, I have to caveat this. But I'm just trying to think of an analogy that makes it make, you know, more sense to people that are like, but why can't you ride bulletproof two? Because I've had fans say it to me as well. And it's like, I don't really like where Hockney has gone, right? Mm-hmm. I just like the pools. I'm not going to lie. Let's just say I just like the pools and the palm trees and the, that, just that basic shit that everyone relates to Hockney, right? Yeah. But you can't keep doing pools. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you just can't. You can't just do another pool and another pool and another pool and another. You just can't. And it's like, I respect and understand mm-hmm. that he has to move on. And some people love what he's doing on the ipad the pool's always there if you want it it's always there go and look at it go and look at it exactly (laughs) exactly again not comparing myself to hockney because it really sounds like i am and i'm so not but you get what i'm saying yeah exactly Uh, like if you somebody wants to hear him for the kill again go and listen to it again fucking put it on add to the stream (laughs) (laughs) was the, the the was the first album like did it did it take you by surprise how well how well it did or were you ready for it it's like both. It was really odd. I was thinking about this yesterday in the bath, as I do every day, pretty much. I think not about this particular thing. That'd be weird. <laughs> um, but I think I was surprised and really not surprised. I knew what I had. We knew what we had in our hands. And also, I was really arrogant little shit. So, of course, I thought I was the dog's bollocks. But at the same time... um. I was very, I didn't mind the success so much that Bulletproof had, right? But I didn't like what it meant for me as a human. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that it meant that I had to go on these th- stupid shows where I had to talk like a child, you know, and be talked to like a child and like, oh my God, hi, la, 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 la. you're in a room, how do you do your hair? How do you use hairspray? And uh, I was like, I actually do have a brain. 
I'm I'm trying to like th- as yeah. you're saying it, I'm trying to figure out which ones it was, and I was like pop world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> but CD. there was loads just everywhere I go now. I'm just being asked yeah. stupid fucking questions. I'm being asked to do things that I don't think have much. The state of music journalism is not cool in any way. In a lot of those festivals, basically, if you're at a festival interviewing somebody, if you're an artist, they're probably 99% of the time going to be really shit questions. Awful. yeah. How did you do your name? Who else are you going to see on the bill today? Yeah, no one, clearly. No one watches anyone. <laughs> We're going back to the bus. You know, yeah, exactly. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like it did, it all, it, it, it came in like a whirlwind and like it, it hit, like I think I was again perfect age for for all those tracks. Mm. I was like, like you like, You're basically my age. Yeah, massive, yeah. massive fan. Um, and it, it just seemed like it was all on the rise. Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 like surely there must have been a couple of pinch yourself moments where you were like, going, what the flip is going on? Yeah, but I don't think I enjoyed it at the time, you know. I, don't, I think that's my one... It's not a regret because I can't go, go back and enjoy it. I still wouldn't enjoy it. I think that's why I have a bit of a weird... It's a bit of an odd sort of turmoil th- thing I've got inside with it where I'm like, okay, but... Let's just say you went back now knowing what you know. I'd still feel like I've been treated like an idiot. Yeah. Like, I still feel more... The problem is, is that I I really hate, hate being talked to like a child and I really hate being made to talk like a child and you literally have to do it everywhere you go. If children like your song... You're fu- you're kind of fucked. You're also it's also amazing because you've got loads of kids liking your song and it's mm-hmm. more sales and it's brilliant. And I'm not complaining, but it just didn't suit me as a personality. I'm not the kind of person that can just put on a smile and like you know pretend everything. You can't just play up hunky dory. Do you know what I mean? I just can't. I'm like you're a bunch of twats. Have you had a meltdown like during an oh, interview? Yeah, not like, during an interview, but no. I've had loads of meltdowns. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a, I have a couple of meltdowns. Week, yeah. I have a couple of meltdowns a month. Like that's just, <laughs> I was gonna. Say. I think if it's in your nature, it's in your nature. Like yeah. No, I've never had a meltdown in an interview because I'm too polite. I would just be like in my head. Oh my god. I had a meltdown on the other side of the. Really? On the other side of an interview. There was a Who band there was a to? band that were mock, mocking my accent <coughs> down the phone. It was Parquet Courts. No way. Yeah, and they were being really rude. And I really? made them the single of the week that week. And they were mo- every question I was asking them to do a Northern Irish accent to the back of the bus on the phone. And I told them to go fuck themselves. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Thank God it's it wasn't live. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> I looked, turned around. My producer was like sitting doing? there with a red head going, I, there's no protocol for this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> I've always kind of wanted to lose it in an interview, but I never have. Go I always full feel Kenyan. a bit too bad. I mean, I've definitely said like, I'm not answering that question. It's completely ridiculous yeah, before, but that's you fine. know, that's fine. What's your favorite I'm generally color? Quite yeah. And <laughs> um, speaking of going full Kenya, you did a collaboration with Kanye and they sort of collaborations actually too much of a strong is word. It? I turned up and did what I was told, kind of. Really? Yeah. Is it that was like 2009 as well, wasn't it? I actually think it was the end of 2010. Right. Like maybe what, even 2011. You know, I'm not sure. Was what, what like was 2010, 11 Kanye the same sort of Kanye that we see in the media today? Like the seemed so all yeah. encompassing seemed kind so. of mad uh, maverick. Yeah, I mean, again, like the beginning of the interview, he's one of those people that's not 100 percent normal. I mean, no, no, he's not. He's definitely not 100 yeah. percent normal. Um, you, you I mean, pick... he's fa- it's kind of fascinating. It's a fascinating world to be in for like, you know, a few days. It was like a week I was with him. Um, you get to know somebody in a week, though. 
No, like, you don't. No? Really? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, you don't. No, no, you really don't. What were you just like, You lock, can't talk lock about booth? anything normal. You can't, you can't just have a normal conversation. I, I didn't manage to anyway. Like, I yeah. found it impossible. Um, he's on show, like, 24 hours a day. So, you so that's just him. Yeah, it's just it's mm. just him, and it's also kind of amazing to be around. You know, I'll never be around anything like that again. Like it was, it's it was really strange. You know, um, you've picked some. He sick- kind of wants it to be strange as well. That's kind of what I got from it. I was like, you want this to be weird. You want mm. people to walk away saying that's really weird. But then I did walk away saying it was quite weird. One of his friends that I knew afterwards asked me. If, you know, he kind of looked at me like it was weird, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah, it was pretty weird, you know. And I saw a couple of these things happen and a couple of this happened and this happened. And I just said I found it all a bit strange. And then he, like, told him. And then they made me write an apology email to them. So it's quite creepy. To Kanye? Yeah. (laughs) I remember writing it. What an asshole. I sat there on my sofa, like, Like lolling to myself. It's like, dear Kanye. The person who told on you. Told, yeah, they told on me. That's so playground shit. Like, yeah, I know. Hold it tight. That's what I'm saying. Why do you think that's what, what I'm saying? I don't trust say? anyone. I'm literally like, everyone who's in the public eye is like weird. They're just what fucking did, weird. What did you write in the email? Oh, it's just, just ridiculous. I just wrote it all with a massive grin on my face. <laughs> you know, but that's... they do genuinely have quite a lot of power. I was like, I think I actually am going to apologize. Yeah. You know, because I was like, doesn't snow skin off my nose also if writing I spent his a weird emails week with somebody hilarious and, yeah if i spent a weird week with somebody and they yeah. ended, up, ended up saying something and it got back to them i would apologize too i'd probably send them something yeah no fuck that a finger no fuck that because also no it wasn't like that and also i was like look i didn't say anything bad about him i was like i just saw some behavior that wasn't directed towards me but i saw some behavior that i can't approve of as a fellow human being sure. i'm not going to go into it okay but i saw some behavior that i was like found upsetting yeah unsettling uh-huh. and i you just that's that's, that's, that's all i said you know i said he was absolutely lovely to me because he was because i'm a fellow you know like we're it's a hierarchical situation i don't mm-hmm. know what to say i don't like hierarchy and i'm not going to sit here and pretend i do and i'm not going to also be this what's it called conspiracy of silence or whatever where everyone pretends that everyone's everything's fucking normal when it's just blatantly not yeah you know i'm not that person that can i can't cover shit up it doesn't work you, you pick your collaboration so well like uh, when i was going through it I, like, I, I totally forgot like you were on the the tyler record um mm. last year with igor but going back to the very beginning the, the sort of the first collab was really with ben like how did you two guys like sort of um start up? well i met his friend one of his friends, um, I was out like partying basically, getting really high with some of my sister's friends. My sister wasn't there, but I'd sort of gone to a party in Brixton that I wasn't really supposed to be at. I was only like 17 or something. And I went with my friend Tag um, from school. We were just really looking for somewhere to get high for like New Year's Eve. That well, was basically it. No, like. Other stuff. Actually get high, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm so from the country, aren't I? Like, I'm like, like, what do you oh, mean about getting yes. high? <laughs> um, not like heroin or anything weird like yeah. that, but, you know, I was a party oh, girl well, when I was from younger. London, everybody from yeah. London does crack, right? Yeah, That's exactly, right? I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. We just wanted to stay out late and, like, dance and whatever. And um, 
There was nowhere really we could go and we knew that we could get into this place and stay there and we wouldn't be bothered or chucked out. And um, I ended up upstairs on my own and my sister's friend came and found me and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, I'm just up here on my own. Um, dancing, I don't really know what to do. I can't go home on my own because I'm like... Um, she says, gurning. Um, and I was just like, just, I can't go home. And uh, she said, well, come and hang out with me in the office. You know, I know the guy that owns this place, uh, the pub. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. All right, I'll do that. So I went into his office and we were just sitting in there, you know, smoking cigarettes and chatting absolute shite. And then somebody said, you know, you should play guitar. There's no music in here. And I was like, that's not the kind of music anyone wants to hear right now. You told me you don't like playing guitar no, at parties is lame. I don't. It is lame. That's what I said. I said, that's lame. <laughs> I literally said, that's lame. Even at 17, I was like, that's lame. <laughs> no one really wants me to do that, do they? Um, but they sort of did. And I said, I'm not singing. That's taking it way too far. I said, I'll play some chords, like background music. Mm. But I don't want everyone to like turn around and exactly. listen to my song. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just played some chords. And then um, Jason was like, apparently you're really good at singing or something. And I was like, well, whatever, I'm not very good at like responding to that. Anyway, I don't know, something happened and he heard something and he was like, you should talk to my friend Ben. He's been looking for female artists to work with for ages because Ben was always looking for people to work with. Um, and I said, okay, cool. Um, but then he never gave me his phone number or anything. So I called the pub like every day for two months um, god you were keen yeah right? really 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 keen i mean i'd been keen since i was four i did used to say, say when i was four like i will be a songwriter and yeah it will work like there's <laughs> no question in my mind uh-huh. um i've never doubted what i'll do for a living ever not for one second so this wasn't abnormal to me i was just like well now i've really got an opportunity i can go and take it so i called the pub every day for like two months and then finally around <clears throat> just around like Valentine's Day or something, so it must have been a bit less than two months. I just finally got through to him and he said, yeah, call Jason. And I called Jason. Jason was like, fucking hell, how long have you been trying to get hold of me? And I was like, ages, fucking ages. And he was like, well, look, if you've got the guts, here's Ben's phone number, just call him. And I was like, all right, I've got the guts. What do you mean you've got the guts? Fucking, of course I've got the guts to make a phone call. And I was like, (laughs) such an arrogant little shit. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I've made loads of phone calls, thanks very much, Jason. I've made a phone call before. Um, So I I phoned him and uh, he was like, you're right. And we just talked about influences and stuff. I talked to him a lot about folk music because that's what I was into at the time. I hadn't crossed over into electronic music yet. That happened while I was working with Ben from Raving. So it was when I was like, we'd already got together. And then I was raving and then I was like, hang on a minute, this whole acoustic thing is not the way forward. (laughs) This is not the way forward. Um, But yeah, that collaboration, I guess, was kind of the only one really that's ever kind of worked. Mm -hmm. I'm not really very good at collaborating with people. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm really good at, you know, recently, I'm not going to say who, but somebody played me some tracks that they'd done that I really liked. And it's quite rare for me to have that. And I was like, oh, I really want to write some melodies over this. So mm. I'm doing that, but I won't say who it's for. Um, and Writing I really, for somebody else? Just like not writing. No, no, I couldn't do that. Oh, no, no, no. no. That could never work. I'm never letting anybody sing my lyrics. Forget it. It's Would you write melodies for other people? Would you write like chords? I don't songs? know how, because if I write something that I like, I'm like, I'm having it. 
you know, I just don't know how I'd ever give it to somebody. You I, can't like have like a, B, like a B class of songs. There's so no go, B class. They're all the same class. Mm-hmm. I'm just, mm-hmm. I hate that. I'm not being a wanker. <laughs> no, but I like, love that. Yeah, they're all good. Like, they're they're all quality and I don't write them unless they are. I don't have all these crap songs in a bin somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Um, I just won't waste my time with it unless it's cool. I don't even bother finishing it or starting it. Um, I think... You know, but I think I, I I really like lending my voice to other things. I like being asked to be a singer on things. I really mm-hmm. enjoy that being asked to use my texture. I think that's a really, really nice thing to be asked. It's a nice compliment, um, and I love that. And I, that's what Tyler asked of me, and that's what Kanye asked of me. It's what New Order asked of me. It's you know, I wrote actually a bit for Chromeo, but um, I think that's. That's something I really like. But no, in terms of collaboration, I find it really difficult, mainly because I've already got way too many ideas. And then I just find that I'm just, I'll just end up taking over. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, I prefer my idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't have to make this a fight if you back down. Yeah, exactly. It's not a fight. You could just leave. <laughs> um, so then like, uh, you and Ben parted ways in 2014, I think. It was actually 2000. And twelve. Oh, was it right? People okay. don't fully get that. I don't think. I, I think I, I think I just went off what I was reading. No, fair enough. Yeah. Wikipedia probably does say <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so, you, like, you you jumped into the the, the second record and then uh, toured the absolute shit balls out of it. off it. Yeah. Um, I wish they didn't do that to me. Part of the problem was that they then wanted to release the album in America much later. Like a year. See, that doesn't happen anymore. Like a year afterwards. So then everyone was like, oh, you've been away for ages. And I was like, I've actually been on tour, you cunts. Do you know what I mean? I haven't <laughs> been away. I've not been on holiday. Do you know what I mean? I haven't been like, hanging out in the Bahamas, like yeah. chilling. I don't, that's not what happened. That's what people and always like, think, though. I know. It really fucking winds me up. I'm like, I haven't had a break for I don't know how long. Yeah. You know, um, every now and then I go and see my friends in the Caribbean, but it's not like I'm in a fucking five-star resort, you know. Uh-huh. Having grapes fed to me or something, but, you know? but everybody like you know, when an artist goes away for a period of time, everybody always got thinks that they're sitting there doing nothing. That's hilarious, and, and just like drinking cocktails and 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 probably it's like mainly like, praying out about somebody. how to make another record. Yeah, it's mainly yeah, but, what we're doing. But that's 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 generally it. Like I think one of the most difficult things for artists I I know from speaking to them and being one. Uh, well, I'll be a player. Like I didn't, I didn't write much. <laughs> I didn't write much. Um, it's like coming coming home from a long tour. Um, it takes a long time to acclimatize to actually being in a house. Yeah, totally. Again for a while. Yeah. And if you've been on tour for like two years, at first you see every day is like a weird day off duvet day. Yeah. You know, you don't know what to do apart from watch Frasier. You know, I've had and that. you do that for yeah, about two yeah, weeks. Two and weeks. Look, everybody thinks you're depressed. So yeah, you're like, oh, maybe I should leave the house. Yeah, it might be a good idea. Yeah. But it did. It, they, there, there was a five-year gap between um, the last record and and this record, and yeah. you know, a lot of stuff had to happen in those five years of like starting an album, binning it, and then coming mm. back and starting again. Yeah. Also, when I was looking through the voice notes yesterday or whatever for this, I realized that the voice notes for this album start oh, the same week that I stopped doing the other album. So it's just like I didn't even have a day's break. Wow. You know, it's just quite intense. And I haven't broken since. I haven't had a break since because I was like, fuck, fuck, I have to make this call. This is the right call. Mm -hmm. I have to do this. Mm -hmm. Shit, I have to make another album. 
But I've been like that since I was about... I used to play Doobie Brothers when I was, like, 12. Yeah. And I'd never heard an Al Rogers record in my life. Yeah. You know, it's like Bowie. When everyone was like, oh, you look like Bowie, I was like, who's Bowie? Like, my parents hate Bowie. They never yeah. listen to Bowie. Yeah. There's not a, not a single Bowie record in our entire in our whole house. Uh-huh. But I think, obviously, then they hear it and they think it must be that you've heard that and seen that and then you've emulated it. And it it just isn't. It's like, it's quite Sometimes strange. it's just ingrained in you. It Some, is, it's, there's it's a there. certain rhythm that's just like... Like that is that like bow diddly rhythm that everybody always does. It's the hold on. Yeah, 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 totally. Dun, 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 dun. But yeah, like, yeah. Look, everybody uses that rhythm, but nobody knows it's a bow diddly rhythm. Yeah, you it's like very that's, true. that's a rhythm that people go to. It's almost yeah, yeah, like totally. if you sit down at a guitar or sit down at a drum like at drums, the the first thing that you strum is, that's also is, the is beat your rhythm. To modern love, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like I want to start singing. Well, it, gets, it would be nice. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's totally that. It's totally that. <laughs> but like, if you sit down a guitar, sit down a drum, a drum kit. The first thing you play is your rhythm. Yeah, I think the first thing without thinking. Yeah, of course. The first thing without thinking. And that's, I think that's, that's where the personality is. Like, I think that's where the <clears throat> the personal thing is in the groove. And this is also something that yeah, I'm going to have a rant about it. Like, I think is what's missing. You know, like when you think about Stevie Wonder and you think about Prince and it doesn't matter how old they are or how long ago it was, it's completely fucking irrelevant. The point is, is that what made them recognisable and still so recognisable now today is the personality in the groove. You can't hear a Prince synth line or guitar line and not know that he's got a hand in it. Same with Stevie Wonder, same with Jimi Hendrix, same with so many people. And I think that, for me, is the bit that's severely, severely missing from now. Like, so you might have a band with a sound. You yeah. might have an act with a sound. Uh-huh. I don't mean that. Like, I can always tell when I've heard so-and-so's voice or so-and-so's voice. It's not like they're unrecognisable. But it's the way it's But played. the music doesn't have a personality because it's all made by ten cunts. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's all made by people they go into writing rooms with all the bloody time, you know, they have different people in there, they've got to finish a tune in six hours. It's totally, in my opinion, soulless. Mm-hmm. And also, the actual arrangement of the music itself, the parts, the instrumentation, is just, it's basically just intentionally personality-less. It's just a backdrop. They don't really want that writer's personality in it or that writer's producer's personality in it because it wouldn't make any sense and the album would be inconsistent because it's got 100 people on it. Mm -hmm. So it all needs to be quite plain. That, for me, is the biggest problem with music now. I can't see a bigger one. Like, because people are just like, I don't expect music to have personality or be recognisable or anything. I don't really care as long as I like the melody for like a week, I'll listen to it and then I'll listen to something else. But it, it's the difference. It's, if it's, the, it's the difference between battery-fed chicken and organic. Yeah, but you know where's I mean? the organic anywhere near anything pop music? Like pop music can't just all get bad now. Mm. It can't just all be manufactured. Like it, I don't it, mind it, manufactured it takes, pop music. It takes but... a maverick to come in and save it. Like pop music needs saving every five, ten years. It mm. always does. Something needs to come along and wipe the floor with fucking everything else. Mm. And that's always been the way since Elvis, since, mm-hmm. the, since the conception of teenagers and like the rock and roll era of like the 1950s, mm. something will come along and revolutionize the, the, the wheel. I feel like the last year it was Billie Eilish. Like I think like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, she's, I think she's her a, as like, an artist, she does it, but the, but the music doesn't... It's, yeah, I it mean... It doesn't like, quite but, stick with me for long enough. But her and, her and her brother Phineas write everything themselves. Yeah, they do. Themselves. So at least it's and, got... 
them. And do you know what? Like, this is probably something that you'll relate to in your early days. Um, is it like being in a duo at the start? Mm. Is it like, I remember having I had a real long, bitchy conversation with somebody about Billy Billy Eilish and, and the relationship between Phineas. Because my friend was like going, yeah, but she doesn't write anything. She just like turns up and sings. And I was like, I hold the hold up. fuck up. Yeah. Like, like, no, she writes a lot of it. She's an incredible writer, an incredible musician. And her and Phineas collaborate mm-hmm. as a 50-50 duo. And, and he was like, oh, no, she's just a pop star. And yeah, well, he, went, sexism problems, he, he yeah. went and watched a, an interview with her and came back and was like, apologize. Oh, he apologized. Good. And it was about four months after. And we were really drunk at like 4, 3 a.m. <laughs> having this as well. And we were standing up in a like in my friend's house, pointing at each other. Really? And I think I stormed off to bed. Brilliant. It was like one of those sort of like, no, you're an asshole. No, you're an asshole. Yeah, well, but, quite right. Yeah, but... Um, it's a common assumption, you know, if there's a girl there, she doesn't do anything. But you know. that's, that's like, you know, like stuff is leveled at female artists forever, really. Yeah, 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 totally, of course. I mean, I think she's fu- fucking vibes, you know. I think she's great. I like the way she looks. I like the way she sings, you know. And I do like the sound of the music. But I also will be honest and say that it just didn't stick with me for long enough yeah. or, it was, or as long as I expected. Like, just, I enjoyed it and then I was like, oh, I'm not finding myself going back to it and that's okay, you know. I'm just glad that there's somebody who is doing something a little bit different and looks and sounds and is cool as fuck for kids coming yeah. up now. Because then I agree. It'll, it'll keep it churning. Of course. Good, like, alternative artists, even though the music's very sort of... Yeah, but you still really need that, even just on a visual level. It's really important for oh, young yeah. women. And also it's really important to just... Ca- carry on that vibe of like aggression and fuck you-ness and also Big being time. arty with it you know because otherwise the next ge- generation doesn't have anything to be inspired by in that sense mm-hmm. and it's, that's a problem you know such a good mood the whole time I was making that record I was like elated the whole time literally elated I was like dancing around my kitchen you know I always wonder that like if you make a sad record do you have to be sad if you make a happy record do you have to be happy I think so I actually do sort of think so yeah I think you do I mean actually I don't know about the happy thing because I mean I can't Mm. write sad music I find it really hard I don't like dark music as it is like, I feel like the world's dark enough. I don't really need me to feel more dark. But if you, like, you but, know, a lot of those disco tracks, is, it's, you know, t- what is it? What's the Womack and Womack track? Like, uh, teardrops. Teardrops. Yeah. And you're, like, dancing to it. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this is great. But you're also, yeah. like, really emotional yeah. going, fuck, I'm going to cry. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which is my favourite thing. It's that kind of melancholic thing where... You know, actually, that song is really angry. Mm. <laughs> I'm really fucking angry. And mm. I'm actually really annoyed. And I'm really upset and it's coming out of actually years of, I won't go into it, but years of shit that I wasn't happy about. And it's my way of sort of just getting it out. You, you do know, anger quite cathartically. well. Yeah, I definitely do anger. But I feel like it needs to come with the balance, you know? Mm. So I'm like, oh yeah, I love this feeling. It makes me so elated and so happy. But then I'm like going to sing about really sad crap over it. Like automatic <laughs> drivers like, doom. It's so like, yeah, this is nice. And then you're like, but this is about like the worst breakup of your life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, but there has to be that balance for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like supervision. Like uh, as we talk about this now, it's kind of, when does it drop? It drops in 
Like a month. February. Yeah. Doesn't it? February seventh. Um so like what what is what what is your plans with it? Now that you've like released like two albums beforehand, do you have a thought process going into an album or hopes and dreams or like what way do you look at releasing a third album really? I'm ha- happy as long as all the assets, shall we say, hmm. um are good. Like if I get to create the art that I want to create and I get to make the videos I want to make. Are you big on the videos? Yeah, it's really important to me. Yeah. Yeah, really important to me. We've just come back from... When's this going out? Um, Probably about a month. So. Okay, yeah. So we've just come back from Morocco um, to shoot Automatic Driver video, which is kind of like... I've written bits and like the general idea... The general location, the general, you know, what the props should sort of be like and what that kind of thing should be like in other videos. But I've never written the actual plot before, like mm-hmm. properly, like gone, okay, no, actually, I know what I'm doing now. And like with Automatic Driver, I did that this time. And it's really crazy seeing a video in your head and, and thinking no made. one's going to do that. And then you're like out in Morocco on a golf course going, how the <laughs> did I manage this <laughs> jammy bastard do you know yeah. what I mean like it's fucking amazing feeling um especially when it really does actually look like it did in your head um it's quite yes yeah, it's, it's an amazing amazing feeling it most, makes me very happy one of the most difficult things for any creative person is pouring what's in their brain out into reality mm. it's when people stop you as well they literally stop you from doing it mm. it's like somebody I don't know. There's not really, really anything to compare it to. It's not really like anything else. You can't really explain what that feeling is like. It's like col- coloring like. in a painting and somebody stopped it and you've just got the lines. Yeah, and you're, like, and well, you're just no. like, ah, oh, it's just always going to look fucking mess to me. It's just always going to be that thing that wasn't right. And what I hate is when people are like, well, nobody else knows it was going to be like that. So, you know, to them, it's fine. And I'm like, oh, I hate you. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. I don't give a fuck about what <laughs> anybody else thinks. I care about, about like how I feel about it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm not happy when I look at it. You can't change that. Nothing, nothing you say can change that. Yeah. So. But fuck am I? Like, like the, the reason why they're making a video or making the music is because of you anyway. So it needs to be your vision, right? Mm. Yeah, totally. I feel I like mean... if you, uh, I don't know. I'm I, like personally, I'm somebody who fronts it. Like a, if if I want it done that way, then I will vocalize it that way and I won't, mm-hmm. I won't sit back and yeah, until, me until and, and that's done. got me a lot of trouble yeah, over me the too. years yeah. um <laughs> professionally uh emotionally yeah. <laughs> do you know what it can be a good thing for yeah. you but it can also be a real be bad a thing really annoying because you can say the wrong thing at the wrong yeah, time yeah totally <laughs> and I'm it is about, about getting a balance you know and also yeah. seeing the realisticness of a situation you know like is this actually gonna happen you know that's why doing a podcast is quite good nobody can tell tell me what to do no exactly it's so much freer it's so much freer like i'm not very good with rules the the last bit of this uh, podcast is really weird i'm gonna preface this right um the the year was it was actually it was the 8th of january no sorry it was 2009 and it was halloween and I dressed as you for Halloween oh in 2009. God, what am I about but, to see? Right. No, but I'm, I'm what, actually a bit worried. What I'm going to preface I'm this is I like <laughs> I got done up. So I, I spray painted my hair ginger. Ooh. Right. And I had enough hair back then to be Why able to did you do, do that. I just thought it was fun. And I'm like, I, so like I thought exactly. I told, was this a, a I told you it was going to be this really a, weird. A celeb- one of those celebrity parties. No, this okay. wasn't. No. Like, um <laughs> So, like, I'd never done makeup before and there was nobody around to do makeup, right? <laughs> so I got my friend who's, like, in my in my band to do... Like, we borrowed makeup of somebody and did it. And 
the makeup doesn't look like you. It looks like it's it looks like, like something anyway, off. Is it? No, it's not. No, it's not at all. I and mean, then to be fair, my quiff has come down quite a lot as well. But the makeup looks like somebody has tried to do RuPaul's Drag Race in the oh, dark. Oh, right. But um, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, my quiff, my quiff came down. My my hair is too fine. Like a French aunt of someone's. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Muriel. It's kind of not as bad as I thought. <laughs> also, does look kind of quite like me actually. The, From the eyes up, the weird, it's quite the weird bit about it was That's like this is at a gig, and it was my first <laughs> week in the BBC, and I was doing interviews for people at this Halloween gig. Oh no! And halfway through it I was like I really need to go to the toilet and I was like sitting there looking at the women's and the men's and I was like I'm which one do really I go sure. into so like I kind of I went into the men's and then just like lopped it out at the trough and everybody was because like, <laughs> I was like about 10 stone at this stage and very very feminine anyway so everybody was like what the fuck's really, going on really really confused <laughs> yeah I, I was really in two minds of like whether to show that because it's a little bit like um, I think it's brilliant I'm not gonna lie it's a little bit Norman Bates I, I thought like to, to, to show that well but, it's nice to think that I had enough of a thing going on that somebody wanted to dress up you like celebrity me. Some, some form of compliment going on there. Yeah, I've got like <laughs> I, I've finally been able to grow facial hair and I've put on about three stones since then, so I don't think I can do it anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like move into like sort of I I don't know singer songwriter like territory. territory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just gonna move into gruff male singer songwriters now. <laughs> got to move with the generations. You got to move. You got to move with the times, Phil. Ali, thank you so much for coming on the Slacker podcast. Thanks for sharing all the music no and worries. good luck with uh, supervision in 2020. Finally over and sport is back on Now TV. It's lights out and away we go! Where you can watch Sky Sports, Premier Sports and BT Sport together and all without a contract. What a fantastic part. So whether there's a day, week or whole month of action you just can't miss, you can now stream the lot. Oh, it's a fabulous goal! This is your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18 plus content streamed via internet, full terms apply. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.